Glory to your name. Lord, as that, as that song, the words of that song, we could sing of your love forever. <laughs> Lord, we are going to sing of your love forever. <laughs> mm. Mm. Hallelujah. We just thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I just want to read a few verses this morning, just um, around our around our offering. And I've never seen these verses in in this light before, but here we go. I, I mentioned them this morning um, in our prayer meeting. It's um, Romans eleven and uh, and verse thirty six. Paul writes, "For of him." And through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. From him, through him and to him are all things. So we know that and we believe that everything had its origin in God. It's an interesting question from, from unbelievers. It, it's sort of, you know, if God made the universe, who made God? <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry, it's another, it's another thing. God is eternal. <laughs> but everything that is came from him. Everything has its origin in God. So everything came from him, of him. Everything is of him and through him. And I was thinking about that part. Everything is of him and through him. And we understand that we've come into a relationship with God and that's through him, through Jesus. And... No one comes to the Father except through him. So it was through Jesus that we have the relationship. It's through Jesus that we understand who we are, who we've been created to be. And it's only through him. You know, people can spend their life trying to work out who they are. And that will never happen without a realisation of where they're from, that we are from him. And through him, we understand who we are. And then it says, and to him are all things. So everything begins in God. We find out who we are in God. And then we return to him. Everything is going to be... So we will sing of his love forever. <laughs> Glory to God. And then that verse is followed by... Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, that we, we should know very well in this church. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is holy, uh, which is your reasonable, sorry, holy acceptable under God, to God, which is your reasonable service or your rational service. 
And you think about it, if everything is from God, through God and to God, then it's all wrapped up in him. So as we present ourselves to him, it is our, it's, it's rational. It's our rational service. It's reasonable. That's reasonable. If everything is God, if everything is to do with from, through and to God, then yeah, it makes, just makes sense that we give ourselves to him. And then at the, verse 2 it says, and do not be conformed to this world. And what does that mean? It means don't be conformed to the, to the thinking, to the priorities, to the way the world presents things. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, I, I spoke about that, um, I think, last week, about repentance. The word repent means to change your thinking. <laughs> so as we change our thinking in line with what God says, the result flows. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We only find that out as we align our thinking with what God says. And as we do that, the proof is in the pudding, <laughs> so to speak. We prove the word of God in our own uh, experience by following the word of God because what he says will be manifest in our experience. It will be manifest in our life. And I just that, that word prove just jumped out at me um, as, as I was reading that, that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And just in re in regard or in in the in um, light of a, of a of an offering teaching, there's another place that God says to prove Him. <laughs> it's in Malachi, talking about tithes and offerings, and it says, "Prove me now in this, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it." You know, it's, it's great to be, it's in, information, we're living in information age, you know, lots of information, a lot of it's rubbish. Um, there's information, so information about, about what's in scripture, it's good, it's important, it's important to, to know what God says, but we don't actually experience it until we apply it. And when we apply it, it's proven in our experience. It's proven in our life. So as we do in all areas, because all things, from him, through him, to him. But boy, that's a biggie. It's a biggie in our, in our, in our experience. What we do with what God has given us to steward. And as we do, as we follow what God has said regarding uh, that area, as all other areas, we actually prove in our experience what God has said. Because it's a spiritual principle and God cannot lie.
So if God says, this is what I will do if you will, it's a given. It's a given. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, so as we know, um, if you, many people give electronically and uh, those details are... On our website. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and the old-fashioned way is our, is our box up the back there. But I just want to pray. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that you only tell, tell us the truth. Lord, that your word is truth. And Lord, as we align our thinking to what you say, Lord, we experience the truth of your word. So, Father, I just thank you um, for, for um, uh, gifts that are given, Lord, for those things that are given um, freely and, uh, and with an open heart. Uh, and, Lord, your blessing, your promises is blessing and your promise is multiplication on the gifts that are given in that way. So, Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. And you will be glorified in all things. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How are we going? Oh. No sign of shop this morning. Hallelujah. Do you know all the problems that we have? Do we have any problems? One or two. All the problems that we have would be solved if we did one thing. Just one thing. Line up their thinking with the word of God. Because the problems began when the thinking got out of line. So if the problems are going to be solved, we're going to get back in line. Just line up with the word. Isn't that simple? Is this the word of God? Is it the truth? Do we believe it? Do we do it? See, if we could just line up, line up the Word of God. Um, now, this is so I don't forget the time, because time is short this morning. We're doing our Numa thing today, so we'll be finishing up earlier. For those who don't know what Numa is, it's my home away from home. There are several of us going down to Numa today to experience what's happening in Numa. What's happening in Numa is a move of God. And the miraculous is becoming very, very common, very normal in the house of God. Healings, miracles, everything's beginning to start to flow in the house. 
Why is it? Because they're lining up with the pattern in the Word of God. That is my heart's desire. That is the desire of this house to line up with the Word of God, to line up with the pattern that's in the Word of God. The pattern in the book of Ephesians is for a five-fold ministry operating in the local church and globally. That globally sounds big, but when you break it down, globally is a local church when you're in that local church. So our focus has to be bigger than just us. And if we get our focus on what God is doing globally, we're going to begin to see a move of God in this house, in this city, greater than anything we have ever seen, ever. Even greater than we can expect because our our. Our expectation, I guess, is something that the enemy has tried to dash for so many years, to dampen the enthusiasm, to let your hope be pushed down a little bit so you don't have this expectation that God wants us to have a high hope in him because he is our hope. He is our hope. And our hope in him will not fail. My God is so good. Your God is so good. Your God is so faithful. And this is why you have hope. And your hope will not disappoint because hope attracts the breakthrough. If you want a breakthrough in your life, hope has to be at the forefront of your experience. So the enemy has tried to cause people to lose hope. But when we know the word of God and we know that God is faithful to his word, then our hope is secure in him. Our hope is strong in him. And when our hope is strong, our expectation is high. When our expectation is high, we're going to encounter God in a measure that we have never experienced before. What I love about the Numa Church, very similar to the heart that I've had for many years, of worship. There is a spirit of worship coming back into the house of God that's going to cause such a release in the house. We're going to understand what worship is all about, Him. And when we give Him our focus in worship, then we become His focus. And when God's got you in focus, nothing the enemy can do is going to have any effect in your life. Water off a duck's back. And God is raising up a people with an awareness right now of their expectation being touched by God in such a way that they're coming into the house of God with expectation to encounter God and to touch the the very heart of God with their heart of worship. So worship is essential. Worship is our lifestyle if we want to encounter Jesus. If we really want to know what it's all about to walk in the Spirit, to live in the Spirit, to understand the realms of God, we need to be a people who love to worship Him. And the pattern in the Scripture of the fivefold ministry in the local church is something that the enemy has fought against 
for so many years. Many, many churches, it's a, a one-man show running the whole thing, but that's not God's plan. When you look in the scripture, you'll see God has got the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher operating together in the church. You might say, well, how does that work? Through a culture of honour. And a culture of honour will only develop through humility of heart. Without a true understanding and sense of reverential fear of God operating in our hearts, humility won't be operated. Without humility, there won't be a culture of honour. Without a culture of honour, you haven't got much at all. Where we begin to truly honour one another. There's many scriptures in the Bible referring to the, the fivefold ministry, and there's some in Corinthians where it talks about the, and I will, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I will teach on this a little more later, but I'm trying to set a foundation so you understand how God has such a desire to birth something new in the house, but we have to be recognising the way God has ordained for his church to function according to his plan. And he set it out very clearly. But when he talks about the, the apostle prophet in Corinthians, prior to that he's talking about the body working together as a unit in honouring one another, respecting one another, and understanding that every part of that body, which is one, which is Christ, has individual members that are essential for the working of the body. I won't get into that at the moment. Maybe in a little while we'll get around to that. But I wanted to share a little bit about the Apostle Paul. Now you might think it's impossible for God to do Da, 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 in my life because of what's happened in the past. Well, you've only got to look at Paul. I'll have a look at it in Galatians chapter 1. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I really enjoy this, this translation. It's like when I get into the book of Ephesians, it's like pick a verse, any verse you like, and it's a wonderful verse. It's a promise. It's almost mind-blowing, the promises that are in the book of Ephesians about what's available for the church when the church starts functioning according to the plan of God. You just pick any verse here or there and you think, how could God ever do it? Through humility of heart and a recognition of the honour of one another in the body, preferring one another, no competition in the body, but loving what God is doing in the body, rejoicing when one rejoices and having the heart of, I just love to see God blessing you. I love to see God producing in you. I love to see the gifts that God's developing. God's going to bring to the surface many gifts that he's planted within the hearts of people they don't even recognise. And there are going to be so many avenues for the gifts to be operating. 
the majority of the gifts do not operate in pulpit ministry. And every person has been given a glorious gift, a grace gift of God to function in. And you know the wonderful thing about it? When we come into an attitude of, I love you, Lord, with all my heart, I just want to serve you, we will find that the desires of our heart will be for his desire to be fulfilled in our life. It's amazing how when when our desire becomes Jesus, everything else in life lines up beautifully. If we will prioritise Jesus as being the one and only one in importance in our life, if we can just recognise what he has done for each one of us, Oh, I could go in different directions now, but we'll try to stick with this one. <sighs> Galatians chapter 1, verse... We'll start at verse 13. Here Paul speaking, he says, By now you have heard stories about how I severely harassed and persecuted the Christians and did my best to systematically destroy God's church all because of my radical devotion to the Jewish religion. So Paul was very zealous for the things of God. He says, my zeal and passion for the doctrine of Judaism... Let's try and get it right. Judaism distinguished me among my people for I was far more advanced in my religious instruction than any others my age. He had a lot of religious instruction and it led him down the wrong path. He had a zeal for God. He had a passion for what he was doing. He was sincere in what he was doing, but he was sincerely wrong. Have you ever been so sincere in doing something, you're putting all your effort in it and you find out later on you're wrong? How humbling is that? Lord, I'm sorry, I messed up. You know, Paul had many, many opportunities where he could have just sat down and said, it's too late, Lord, I've messed up big time. I was actually persecuting the Christians. I mean, I don't think there's too many of us have fallen into that category, where Paul was actually saying, I was was persecuting the church of God. I was going out of my way to make life difficult for some other people because I thought they were wrong. Boy, how many people are so sure that their thoughts about situations are right and they find out later they're wrong? 
So that's why it's so important that we have such an attitude of, Lord, I need you every day. Jesus, I need you today. Lord, you're so... (coughs) Excuse me. You're so important. Without you, everything is just a waste of time. If we can understand this, he is the most important person in everything we do. Paul says, but then, in verse 15, God called me by his grace. The same grace that he extended to you and I. The saving grace. None of us qualified for that. But if we recognize how powerful that grace is to transform our life, then we will have such a reverential fear of God and love for Jesus that that grace can then begin to operate to do its work. This grace brought about such a change in this man. It says, and in love he chose me from my birth to be his. God's grace unveiled his son in me so that I would proclaim him to the non-Jewish people of the world. After I had this encounter, I kept it a secret for some time, sharing it with no one. Paul had a radical conversion because of the grace of God. And he said it, the words that he used were, God's grace unveiled his son in me. First, God's grace is to unveil Jesus to us. Then God's grace is to unveil the revelation of receiving and imparting of that grace to one another. God's grace, super abundant, powerful grace. I have said for some time that there is available for the church an unfolding of revelation. Paul refers to it here as the Son of God or Jesus was unveiled in me. There is an unveiling or an unfolding revelation of Jesus 
yet to be received in its fullness in the church. An unfolding of revelation, an unveiling of who Jesus truly is. When we accepted Christ into our hearts, we received that salvation grace, but there is a further unfolding or unveiling or revelation of revealing Christ to us. I said it is an unfolding revelation of the greater dimensions of the untold mysteries of God. There is a revelation of a greater dimension available for every one of us about the mysteries of Christ in you, the hope of glory being revealed to you and through you. The unfolding of Christ. How is Christ unfold? How is the revelation unfolded? Through a passionate love for Jesus, a recognizing that the grace of God is all sufficient for me to be who Christ has called me to be. I believe Paul is a prototype of the New Testament church believer coming into an unfolding revelation of the greater dimensions of the one who dwells within us. Greater is he who lives in you and me than he who is in the world. A revelation of the greater one within will release us to walk in the freedom and the power of the grace of God that's available for us to step into the supernatural realms of the mysteries of Christ resident within us. Christ in you and I is the hope of glory. How much of the glory can you contain? How much of the glory can Christ reveal to you right now? We have a, an understanding in part of the realms of glory that are going to be revealed in and through the church. You and I are the church. Christ in you, the hope being revealed, just like the hope of Christ in Paul was revealed to the church. How much of that Shekinah glory presence that was on the ark that's now resting inside people, is being revealed to you. Do you understand what you have, who you have, the power? (coughs) Think about it for a moment. When Jesus went up onto the mount and began to reveal the glory that was in him, He began to shine brighter 
than the noonday sun. That's bright. That's the presence of God that was resident in him. That's the presence of God that was resident in the tabernacle as a type and shadow in the Old Testament known as the Shekinah glory of God, the presence of God. That presence is now in you and I, the temple of the Holy Spirit, Christ in you, the hope of glory being revealed and Paul was a prototype, I told you, of what's coming for the church where we're going to understand through humility of heart the culture of honour that's going to come into the house of God where we begin to honour one another as we honour him. We're going to see the glory of God. The glory of God is... The glory of God is tangible. There is a weighty presence to the glory of God. I have felt it a couple of times where the presence of God is... I, I, I have difficulty when I start getting onto this subject, but... When we begin to start recognising what's available, the greater dimensions of the hope of glory that's resident within us, God wants to shine in you and through you. God wants to give you an unfolding of the revelation. He wants to unveil his son in you, just like he did with Paul. He wants us to be Christ-like in every way but it gets back to understanding what the word is saying, the promises that God has given, a hungry heart desiring more of him where we just say, Lord, I don't understand how it's going to happen, but if you can do it in Paul, you can do it in me. God is no respecter of persons. All he's looking for is a heart that says, Lord, I'm all yours. I belong to you. I might have messed up in the past, but from now on I'm all yours. Show me your glory. Oh, show me your glory. That, 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 is, that is my prayer. That's, that's, I pray it's some Lord, Lord, just show me your glory. I want to know the glory. I want to see the realms of glory. I want to come into that place. I want that Christ nature that's in here to begin to rise up and begin to shine the fullness of Christ in you, the unfolding revelation of the greater dimensions of the untold mysteries. God has got mysteries, things you don't understand that he wants to reveal. And as we begin to hunger and thirst after righteousness and present ourselves to him, say, Lord, I just want more of you. I just want to surrender myself to allow you to produce in and through me that which is pleasing unto you. Just whatever my part is in the body, Lord, I don't care what part it is. As long as that part's full of you, that's all I need. Can you understand God has a place for you? God has reserved, God has planned for you to understand Well, with, with, with everything that's in you, the realms of the glory of God, that hope of Christ within you. He wants you to come into a realisation of the hope. He wants you to have experiential knowledge 
of the glory of God. You can walk in the realms of glory every day. If you purpose in your heart, Jesus, you're number one in my life. I am going to seek you with all my heart. I recognize what you've done. You've called me. You've saved me. You're bringing me on into something that's greater than I can even comprehend. But you're going to open up my heart just like David said, Lord, open my heart. Cause my heart to be expanded. Enlarge the capacity of my heart to understand and receive more. Lord, you can cause my heart to be able to receive more from you, more understanding, more revelation. Lord, I want to walk in the truth. I want my mind renewed. I want to be transformed. I want to be that person you've called me to be. I want to know now what I want to know now, and I want to know it now, Lord. I want to know you, Lord. I want to walk in your ways. I don't want to wait till I get to heaven to find out what I could have had here. God wants us to be so dedicated and surrendered to him that we just draw the presence of God and that which is in Christ, the deep within Christ, out of the deep to God. And Lord, I want more of you. I want you just to come and have your way in this house. I have to finish. I've got to finish because we're going to go to Numa. To get some of the glory in the house. I've heard people say, well, why do you have to? God knows where I am. He can come to me. Yeah, but do you have a hunger to go for where he is? Are you in pursuit of his presence? Will you go wherever you need to go to get what God wants to give you? We're getting on a train to go down to Numa because the presence of God is there and I want this house to experience the presence of God in a greater measure so that people get hungry for God and that glory begins to overwhelm, the overwhelming presence of God. Father, I'm asking that you would cause our hearts to be so hungry for you that we would recognise there is a greater dimension available. Lord, that my heart can be so passionate in love with you that I can be all you've called me to be. So Father, bless you your people. Lord, cause that hunger for righteousness to be so predominant as I love with thirsting and hungry for you. Lord, let your glory just consume our hearts, that we'll be a people prioritizing you in everything we do. Hallelujah. I'll get on to teaching on some of that later. Are we all good? Wow, that's loud. Has everyone got some communion? You know God's doing something when Jeff capped that to write on the time he was given. I'm impressed, very impressed. We will make the train. How good.
Uh, Jeff mentioned two scriptures in uh, Galatians 1. They're 15 and 16. Let me read them to you again. But then God called me by his grace and chose me from my birth to be his. He was pleased to unveil his son in me so that I would proclaim him to the people of the world. That's the whole gospel in two, two verses. He came and he got us when we didn't even know him. And then he spent our life um, revealing himself to us so that we take everyone else we possibly can with us in the end. That's the deal, right? How good. And I think uh, one of the biggest challenges for me personally is when we do something consistently, it actually can become religious. Because it's the thing we do, right? So when you take communion every Sunday, if you don't adjust your mindset when you take it, it can become the religious thing that I've ticked that box, next part of the service, move on. But um, this is actually, like Jeff was saying, part of the transformation. That God's actually wanting, through this, to unveil himself to us. So this morning, would you position your heart to have him unveil himself to us while we take communion. Father, I just thank you for your broken, sending your son and his broken body for us. And we just thank you that it was the ultimate gift that he might be unveiled to us, that we might have an understanding of who he is and who we are in him. And so as we take this body today, God, would you um, unveil yourself in us in Jesus' name. Yeah, and we just thank you for the transformation that you showed us in Paul. And we thank you that that same transformation is available for us. That nothing is too hard, God, but you shed your blood that we, we might be reconciled to you. So we're just asking this morning as you in, unveil yourself to us that we're reconciled to you, God, and that you would speak to us clearer than we've ever heard you before. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to um, finish up in a moment, but... Um just got some uh, announcements. So just regarding um, our week, uh, this week, um, our uh, groups, ladies and men's groups, are finished until the uh, start of next year. We still will have our, our prayer meeting uh, 7.30 down here. Um, so that's all, uh, that's all good. Um, just got a. Uh, what I'd like you to do is, is think and pray about um, about this one. Um, so there's a call for some volunteers for next year, and um, it will be a Monday Monday morning. So uh, Monday morning uh, we have the the play group uh, in recess now, but starting again next year. Um, 
and we also have um, student breakfasts that we uh, that we do uh, in the school, and that will be on a Monday uh, next year as well. Um, so what we do, we alternate one week. It'll be um, coffee for for staff, um, and then the next week it'll be a, a breakfast um, for the for the kids in the in the hall out the back there. So if you could help with any of those things now, um, uh, 8 a.m. to 11:30 a.m. on Mondays. Now um, people might not be available for all that time. That's that's fine. The 8 a.m. is the is the the breakfast and um, making the the coffees. Uh, play group um, starts at uh, 9:30, um, and then that goes through to to 11, and then there's some pack up. So um, any any all or any part of that um, any help on a Monday would be greatly um, received. So um, if you could see Coral or Mel. Um, uh, in the weeks to come, if uh, if that's if that's something that you would be a able to or would like to be involved in, um, can I just can I just make mention of um, of um, of Lorraine? <laughs> so uh, as as you will be aware, um, uh, Lorraine has um, passed on to be with the Lord, and um, she was a matriarch of a family. <laughs> and these people sitting over here, direct result of of a lady's love for God. So, um, sorry, <laughs> uh, <coughs> on uh, Thursday. At 11 o'clock, there will be a service at the Eagle Hawk Lawn Cemetery. Just tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> and uh, and then at 11.30, across the road for a, um, a memorial. Oh, like Thanksgiving, yeah. And uh, so if if you're available to um, just come and support, um, uh, that would be that would be wonderful. And uh, yeah, we will all miss Lorraine and, and family members more so than anybody else, as we understand. But um, but yeah, such a blessing, such a blessing. So it's on Thursday. Um, on uh, Friday, the fifteenth. Uh, Friday the fifteenth. Um, we're having a gathering down here, and it'll be like a, a, a church. It will be a church breakup. So, now it, does it say seven p.m.? Please, that's um, not quite correct. Uh, that'll we will be well underway by then. So we're we're looking from anywhere from five thirty. Uh, so it'll be a carnival type affair. Um, lots of things for the kids to do, and it's a uh, bring your own. Um, Lunch, dinner, and uh, we'll supply um, desserts and, and different things there as well. So uh, that'll be a great way to to uh, to finish up finish up the year. Now we're off to uh, to Numa.
And the train's easy. The train leaves at 26 minutes past 12. So please be on the train before 26 minutes past 12. Um, that's easy because it goes all the way down to Melbourne. And then we get off the train, then we've got to get on tram. Now, I've been reliably informed this morning that um, Peter has studied this very, very, very well. And my eyes are going to be on Peter, which is really easy because he's, he, he, <laughs> you can't hide him. So, um, so yeah, there are a couple of people who know that, that what trams and etc. to get on from the station to, to, to Numa. Um, so we'll work that out on the train on the way down, um, who to follow. And if we get separated, we'll just make sure that we've got a person in each group that we can follow. All right. So glory to God. Have I missed anything? I think not. All right. Oh, thank you. Yes, next week um, these presents will find their way to where they need to go for um, for Southern Cross Kids. I didn't look out there. There were a couple of tags left. I don't know if there's still a couple of tags. There are still, I think there was two the other day. Pardon? Okay. So if, uh, if you would like to um, bless one of these Southern Cross Kids um, kids <laughs> with a, a present um, for Christmas and it might be the only one they get um, please just take a tag but they'll need to come back um, and be here to be collected next Sunday okay thank you Steve all right well Lord bless you real good um, and uh, yeah have a wonderful